Hi, this is Haley Chura. You usually hear me every Thursday co-hosting the Iron Women podcast with Alyssa Gadeski. Current times are anything but usual, and I have a lot of questions. So I created Iron Women podcast mini episodes. I ask women who are endurance athletes and experts in their fields to help me and hopefully help you too by answering a few questions in 15 minutes or less. Thanks for listening. This is Haley, and instead of a traditional mini episode with an interview this week, it's just going to be me talking to you today. I'm recording this on Sunday evening, just one day after I competed in the Ironman VR 14 virtual race. As Ironman branded races across the globe continue to be canceled or indefinitely postponed, the brand has started a new series of virtual races for professionals and amateurs. Yesterday was my first experience competing in an Ironman virtual race, and I thought it was worth sharing that experience with you here today. As always, thank you to the Iron Woman podcast sponsors, Zelio Skincare, Noon Hydration, Form Swim Goggles, Orca Sportswear, and Gooder Sunglasses, as well as our Live Feisty Patreon community. You can find all website links and discount codes in our show notes or at ironwomanpodcast.com. So what is an Ironman virtual race? It's basically a running and cycling race completed individually, but comparable to other athletes across the globe. Ironman first rolled out these races in April, but they've grown more sophisticated over the past couple months. Age groupers can now compete in one of three categories, classic, challenger, or championship. Basically, the three different categories have different rules, and the strictest rules come in the championship category, which also allows athletes to compete to earn 70.3 world championship slots. I competed in Ironman VR 14, which is the 14th week of these virtual races, and the first race in this new championship series, which is going to be VR 14 through VR 17. Ironman has already also announced that Ironman VR 18 through 21, another four-week series, will also have championship slots. So it's obvious they are planning to be doing these races for quite a few more weeks. Each series has three Olympic distance races and one half distance race. So of those four races, three of them are Olympic distance and one is a half Ironman distance. This past weekend, we raced the Olympic distance, and if you were an athlete who competed in the VR14 Amateur Championship race, you would have needed to have run a 3K run outside, three kilometers outside, then you do a 40-kilometer indoor ride, then you would go do a 10-kilometer run outside, and you do all of that within a 12-hour period. That's what you need to do to be eligible for the 70.3 World Championship slot. If you just wanted to do part of those, if you wanted to give yourself more than 12 hours, you can do that. You can definitely do that. I think you just don't get qualified for those slots. So if you wanted to um, do a mixture of things, I'm sure that that is allowed. It's just depends on your level of competition. All competitors are eligible to purchase Ironman VR swag, including a face mask that might actually be the most useful piece of race swag ever. I mean, 
I could definitely use more face masks than race t-shirts these days. These new Ironman VR series races also include professional categories, which is the category I competed in yesterday. The professional races include only four women and four men. They're all professional triathletes who race the Ironman circuit or the 70.3 circuit. And our actual race is made up of only a 3K run and a 40K bike. So three kilometer run, 40 kilometer bike. The run is done early in the week and the course is the athlete's choice, but it cannot be net downhill. The athlete is also responsible for having someone film them run or you're required to set up a camera on the track so you hopefully get as much footage as you can of yourself running on your chosen course. I convinced my parents to be my film crew. So last Tuesday morning, we set out to run a fast 3K. Finding a flat course in the Bozeman area was challenging. I had originally planned to run a slight one and a half kilometer uphill, then turn around and run the same course slightly downhill to get a net zero gain. However, film crew logistics made doing a turnaround pretty hard, so I settled for a three-kilometer slightly uphill course. I did this all in Montana, like I said, at about 5,000 feet of elevation, and on this particular day, it also happened to feature a lot of wind. Soon after the mile mark when I was racing, I regretted my course selection, and I kind of regretted living at altitude. I regretted running on a windy day, but you know, that's race day. That's racing. Sometimes we don't get the day we want. And I did manage to run that three kilometer course in 11 minutes and eight seconds, which is just under six minute per mile pace, which is solid for me. And perhaps even more important, my mom put herself in contention for the 2020 best virtual race cinematography award with her excellent iPhone camera work. Thank you, mom. That was amazing. If anyone hasn't seen it, it is worth watching this broadcast just to see my mom's filming work. It was impressive. After I did the run, I sent my race footage and the GPX file from my Polar Vantage watch to an Ironman Dropbox account so someone from Ironman could edit the video before the Saturday broadcast. Once the run was done, my attention did move to the 40-kilometer bike, which I planned to do on a Wahoo Kicker smart trainer in my garage while connected to the Ruby virtual cycling platform. And I would be going head-to-head with three other pro women who are racing at the exact same time, racing the exact same Ruby course, but at different locations all over the world. And this whole race would be streamed live with commentary on Ironman's Facebook page. I had never used Ruby before, but luckily the Ironman team basically held a pre-race virtual pro meeting, just like we might have for an in-person race. And that happened the Thursday before our virtual race. We got to go over the race logistics, how to connect to Ruby, how to download the course where we would all be racing, which did happen to be one in one of my favorite cities, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I also had a one-on-one Skype call with a member of the team to test out my Wi-Fi connection, my Skype connection, and he offered a few technical pointers and answered any of my specific questions. So I was nervous about all the technology involved. I notoriously have 
unstable Wi-Fi here in Bozeman, but I felt very well supported and I felt like they had a lot of troubleshooting in place in case something went wrong on race day. I did watch the men's race on Friday while I was getting my bike and trainer all set up in my garage and I actually felt some of the same pre-race jitters that I might get before an in-person race. I knew my competition was fierce and it included Ironman legends Meredith Kessler and Maureen Hoof and three-time British Olympian Helen Jenkins. So I was really crossing my fingers that both my legs showed up and my Wi-Fi held out. On race morning, I connected with the Ironman team via Skype around 6.45 a.m. I had one of my coached athletes who's also a friend and a neighbor and a past Ironwoman mini-episode guest, Vanessa Forrester. She came over to help me as my technical assistant just in case anything went wrong during the broadcast, she could kind of help troubleshoot it, which did happen. So I was very thankful to have Vanessa on hand. She also lent me her ring light on a tripod so that I could use my iPhone camera and have great lighting. And so based on the feedback I received from the broadcast, the ring light made a huge difference. So if anyone is considering one, if you do a lot of Zoom meetings or maybe you do a lot of virtual races and you like to have good lighting, I would definitely say the ring lights are worth the investment. They are not just for influencers. I'm considering getting one just so that I look better when I do Skype calls with Alyssa. At 7.20 a.m., we could access the course on the Ruby app. So we could access that specific Chattanooga race course. And I was able to start warming up. At 7.30, fellow pro triathlete and one of our past Ironwoman podcast guests, Dee Dee Griesbauer and her co-host, Michael Lovato, started the broadcast. And I believe Dee Dee and Michael are both in Colorado. And so they are commentating on video that they've seen. And it's just very, very impressive what they put together. They're airing this live via Ironman's Facebook page. I could hear the broadcast through my AirPods. But since it was playing on my phone, which was across the room, I couldn't actually see them, but I could hear them for the most part. Around 8 a.m., they did play the edited footage of our runs and I found out I finished the run in third place. I was behind Meredith and Helen and just a little bit ahead of Marine, but I felt like that was a really solid start to the day. I'll take it. The 40 kilometer bike, virtual bike race, it started at 8.20 a.m. And I think pretty much immediately from the go, I was in fourth place out of four. It took me a little while to get used to the Ruby display because it showed it showed like the actual roads in Chattanooga, as well as the avatars for myself, my three pro women competitors, and many of the age groupers racing on the course as well, as well as my own power metrics and I think watts per kilogram for all of the other athletes racing. If anyone is interested in accuracy, I had calibrated both the Wahoo kicker and my quark power meter prior to the race start. And the power numbers that I could see on the screen, they did look pretty accurate. I had also weighed myself earlier in the week. And so I put that weight into the Ruby website prior to the race. That's how they got the watts per kilogram uh, number that they showed. Ironman did not require us to provide proof of weight, but in the pro meeting, they did ask us to be honest, and I feel like people were probably pretty honest. Riding on Ruby felt pretty similar to riding on the road as far as the shifting and the power requirements when you're going uphill or downhill. 
I haven't raced 40 kilometers in a really long time, but I would say based off of my perceived exertion and my effort on Saturday, Ruby appropriately captures the brutal effort that is required to race the 40 kilometer distance. I have so much respect for anyone racing the Olympic distance. That 40 kilometers is hard. It was, it was a big effort for me. Aerodynamics are obviously much less important in virtual racing compared to riding outside, which is why if you watch the broadcast, it seems the more upright position with lower RPMs does result in a higher power output and a faster ride time. Normally, you probably wouldn't necessarily want to ride like that because you would have so much wind resistance, but that's the beauty of the great indoors. The wind is only what you make of it. One last similarity I noticed to outdoor riding is that In the virtual world, very similar to in real life racing, I did find myself being dropped by Meredith Kessler very early in the race. We were offered four different cash preems between the bike and run. So if you haven't watched the broadcast, this might be a little bit of a spoiler alert, but Meredith took off and won all four preems. She finished the 40K course in just under an hour. I think Helen and Maureen were were really close together, and I think they were maybe around a minute behind Meredith, and I was around two minutes behind them. So I finished fourth, but I'm actually really happy with my effort. I feel like that gap really isn't too bad for me. And I did find some comfort in being the youngest of the group. So both Meredith and Maureen are in their forties. So maybe I can hold on to the hope that my best virtual racing days are actually ahead of me. Ironman did offer equal base compensation to all professionals competing. So we all rode away winners, which is very much appreciated right now. I also got some feedback from friends and family who watched from home, and all of them really loved the broadcast. I think they thought Dee Dee and Michael did a fantastic job. I know people really enjoyed watching the different scenery from our run videos, as well as checking out our different ride setups and locations around the world, who was riding in their garage, who was riding in their fitness room, who was riding in their living room, who had a better camera, that kind of thing. It's, it's very interesting and to watch these, uh, these races. I'm also very thankful that I got to experience this virtual racing and just to see what's possible with today's technology. I definitely felt the buzz of the race. Like I mentioned before, those pre-race jitters, of course, the during the race, brutal effort, fatigue, everything. I felt that for sure. And then after the race, I, I did feel a bit of that sense of euphoria where, wow, that was really hard, but I did it. And that's a feeling I haven't felt for a while. So I really appreciated that. If you missed the broadcast and you do want to watch, I believe it's archived at facebook.com forward slash Ironman. Now you can scroll down and look for VR 14, look for the women's race and you can watch me race. And if you want to try racing yourself, go to ironman.com and click on their virtual race series to sign up. It's right there on the homepage. You can't miss it. Again, there are three different categories. I believe they're all free. So definitely check them out if you're interested and be sure to tune in or race along with the pro races that are happening every weekend for the next couple months. Now that I know what goes into these virtual races, I have so much respect for the logistics and the hard work of both my fellow professional athletes, as well as the team that's working behind the scenes, the team from Ironman. It's a lot of work and it's a big team and they do a fantastic job. 
And I think I speak for all of us that we could all use a little bit of sports entertainment these days. And I really, really appreciated being a part of it. Thanks to everyone who cheered me on this weekend. This has been Haley Chura from the Iron Women podcast. And this has been another mini episode featuring myself as the guest. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you again soon. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Taylor Mahan Rudolph. Thank you to our sponsors, Zilio Skincare, Noon Hydration, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear, as well as the Live Feisty Patreon community. You can find websites and discount codes in our show notes or at ironwomenpodcast.com.